Hello and welcome to Vista Talks, interesting discussions with interesting people from all around the world. I'm your host Priscilla Charles and I'm delighted to be joined today in Studio 2 by a special guest, Alison Furch. Hi Alison. Hi there. Thank it's you for having me. Well, thanks. Thanks for being on the show. Um, I know you're very busy at the moment, so and our audience is very, very keen to get to know you for those of of them who wouldn't know you yet. So Alison, for those of, um, of you who don't know, uh, is executive director at Gala. Uh, so you're very welcome, Alison. Uh, let's move on and get on to the show. So um, Gala Connected is coming up 23rd of March, 23rd and 25th, 2021. Uh, first big event of the year, which Vistatech uh, is proudly sponsoring and with our very own uh, Maria Jesus de Arriba Diaz uh, on the Gala board. Uh, serving her second term, and obviously Vistatech has a, a long-term relationship with Gala that we're delighted. Uh, so um, tell me about the event, because you must be so busy at the moment, like, uh, and I know that uh, the theme this year is revolutions unfolding, how digital acceleration is impacting the global language industry. So I'm really curious about the theme, the event, tell me everything. Sure, sure. Well, first of all, let me say thank you to Vistatech for uh, supporting the event and being a networking sponsor, we appreciate it. Um, the The event is our second virtual conference. The first was last March, uh, sorry, last September. It's going to be three days of sessions and networking, and then another half day of product demos. Um, lots of networking, I should say, and and that's one of your prerogatives actually as a networking sponsor is to run additional networking activities. So people will <clears throat> enjoy connecting with their peers around the world. Um, everything's recorded in our, in our virtual conferences because time zones can be an issue. We had in our first conference, some um, attendees from Asia, it was the middle of the night for them and they mm -hmm. were hardcore. It was impressive. <laughs> so we do record everything. The theme is a reflection of where we find ourselves now. I think everybody has acknowledged that uh, digital acceleration is a reality. The pandemic definitely made things go faster. I would say, you know, revolution is a little bit hyperbolic, you know, compared to other industries, I would say the global language industry has maybe felt less affected in mm -hmm. terms of the rapidity of the change. Yeah. Yet there's been lots of change and adaptation happening. And we wanted to explore that at the conference. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, now I'd like to move back uh, before pre-gala and talk about your educational background, Alison. Very interesting because you studied biological anthropology and, and then library and information science, which is obviously slightly different. So tell us about your professional journey up to joining gala and how did you end up in the localization industry, if I may ask? Sure, sure, sure. So my, my undergraduate degree was based purely on interest and Frankly, I was focused on sports in college. I was okay. competing in two sports and I just really liked the, the topic and uh, made it, you know, just chose it as my major. I wasn't thinking about my future too much at all. <laughs> um, so my first job, first real job, I should say, um, after college was being the administrator for a small association in San Diego. And I enjoyed the diversity of the tasks. I enjoyed kind of developing, um, you know, that jack of all trades approach. Mm -hmm. uh, I was the only employee. So I had to do everything from soup to nuts. And in a way, 
a gala is, is similar to that. Yeah. Uh, after that, I moved into software technical support. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a bit of a lark and it wasn't for me. Um, I took a break for a little while to start a family, had three kids. And so for about five years, I was a full-time mom and producing children. <laughs> uh, and then I felt restless again. And I chose library and information science because I liked the structure. I liked the organization. I liked the emphasis on the value of information and information literacy. Um, I loved research. In fact, so speaking of podcasts, I have a favorite podcast and I, I really think it would be my dream job to work for this podcast. It's called Stuff You Should Know. Okay. And um, anyway, the two guys that are the hosts pick a new topic every time and they research it and they, they share information about it. Anyway, I love learning. And so library and information science seemed to marry quite a few things that I was interested in. I did some jobs in that um, arena for a short while, but was finding some things lacking. So I, I returned to the association management sector and falling into localization was just luck. I, I wasn't seeking it. I was looking for an association job and that's how I found myself um, in this industry. But happily, it's a, a nice marriage of a lot of my, you know, training and strengths and education. Sounds like it, yes. And so, and we never know, maybe a future career in podcast as well in parallel of, uh, <laughs> of working in gala. It's exciting. Uh, so uh, speaking of the localization industry, um, I'd like to move on to your current role, uh, which I'm sure uh, a lot of our audience know you from. And for those of you who don't, as I mentioned, uh, Alison is executive director at, at Gala, the Globalization and Localization Association, the largest uh, nonprofit uh, organization in that industry. So you joined the organization in 2010 and you now lead the uh, internal operations and you're responsible for the successful leadership and management of the association. Uh, so can you take us through your journey uh, at Gallup? Because I understand you, you've had several positions and it's been, what, uh, 11 years now. So tell us everything. Yeah. Yep. Well, I started in 2010, as you said, as a, a part-time events coordinator. And um, it's really a familiar story, I would say, in, in lots of small businesses where you just grow into different roles. Mm -hmm. So I leveraged my strengths and grew into marketing and communications mm -hmm. from events. I, I held on to events. And after that, just kind of kept getting more responsibility. We're a small team and a small staff, and we were even smaller back in the day. Mm -hmm. And we all had to wear a lot of hats and juggle a lot of things. And so I ended up in charge of quite a few of our programs. Mm -hmm. um, I was second in command, let's say, when, when Laura was our executive director. So when she went on maternity leave, for example, that's when I got my feet wet. Um, but, you know, there's this, there's a show in the, in the U.S. called Undercover Boss where, you know, the boss oh, really is supposed to go and do you know it? Yeah, yeah they try all these different jobs um, at the company and it gives them a different perspective. Well, I yeah. feel that way because I've done pretty much everything there is to do at Gala and now um, as the executive director, I'm sort of overseeing that all. But like in any small organization, I still roll up my sleeves and I like to joke that, you know what, I, I have to lick envelopes and um, file papers. Now that's like that's not really accurate nowadays, but same idea. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, you, you definitely know what everyone does and you, you can definitely do everything. You're proper multitasking, marketing. That is right. <laughs> yeah, job. It's, yeah, 
And, and I honestly, that suits me. I, the whole jack of all trades, master of none, that's me. And I like it that way. I, I, I wouldn't say that I get bored, but I do like the diversity of the challenges. No, yeah, I understand. I'm the same. Yeah, I like, you know, things to move and I like, yeah, a bit of excitement. And it's quite rewarding when the event goes really well and to be able to, you know, touch, you know, and, uh, and experience everything. So so now we're talking about GALA um, and GALA uh, serves an international community of organizations and individuals uh, that enable communication and business across languages and cultures. So obviously here at Vistatech, we, we work with many leading brands uh, that are involved in this type of work. So can you share a little bit more about the, the GALA mission? Sure. Sure. So as a nonprofit association, um, our mandate is to support the industry and to support our members. And our mission is really based on, on meeting their needs. I think maybe our, our vision would be a, a better reflection of that. And I'll, I'll just read our vision. <clears throat> it's to be a trusted industry resource and to ensure that language, culture, and multilingual communication are indisputable priorities in global business. And, and that's, you know, that's our aspirational um, statement. And yeah we everything that we do is meant to align with that vision and also like i said before m the mission is really about delivering value to the mm -hmm. members um so our members place in global business is is really important to us and and like i said we want we want global business as a whole to understand the value that our members bring to the process, yes. right? There's essential knowledge required to have um, multilingual communications and to do commerce and business and communication across borders. And that's where our members and this industry mm -hmm. adds value. Uh, I would say on a big, the big picture, that's what we're focused on. And then of course, all of the programs that we, that we do and the services mm -hmm. that we offer are aligned with that purpose. Of course. Yeah. Uh, including the events, for instance, uh, like Gala Connected. So, um, so obviously over the past 10, well, should I say 11 years, uh, I imagine that the, the association must have changed quite a lot. So tell us um, what, uh, what has changed or in your view, how, how does it differ from when you joined 10 years ago, 11 years ago, should I say? It's primarily in the scope of, of the, well, the scope, period. And I would say that means the scope of our members, who our members are. So when mm -hmm. I first joined Gala, um, only language service providers were allowed to be full members. It was mm -hmm. another, you know, three or four years before we welcomed in what we all call client organizations into the membership and even a couple more years before they were considered full members with mm -hmm. voting privileges. So the scope of who we serve and support has changed. Uh, we also recently added academic institutions to the membership and we're still honestly um, learning how to serve them best. The scope also changed um, because the work that these organizations do I would say became bigger or broader. So in the early days, everybody's talking about translation, just yeah. translation, right? We're talking about converting language from one thing to a, you know, source to target. And that was all. Mm -hmm. And now the scope has expanded so that people are talking about, you know, global communication. They're talking about localization. They're talking about globalization, best practices and considering culture and considering, um, 
considering these processes in UX and in product development and in marketing. So across like a cross-functional approach to global business. And I would say that, that that's also changed quite a bit in the last, especially accelerated in the last few years. Yeah, no, I suppose, yeah, just like Vistatech, uh, which started, you know, like um, in 1997, you know, uh, with a lot of translation services and expanded to quickly to global content services in multitude of industries. So, yes. Mm -hmm. And consulting, right? You know, you can be, play a consultative role and then think about the explosion of technology Absolutely. and the technology companies that are part of Gala. So really... I would say our mission to support the needs of the industry and the needs of our members, that hasn't changed. It's just the scope has changed mm -hmm. as the industry has evolved. Okay. And, um, and obviously we're talking about gala and the programs and the content and the events, the scope. Now I want to move on to um, um, the individuals. So through gala's program and insightful content, you know, individuals have become more knowledgeable, as you say, you know, you've expanded, you know, uh, you, you've developed, you know, um, uh, what you what you started, and uh, an organization grow and mature, and the global language industry uh, make, makes gains in professionalism and prominence. So, how have you seen this impact on the localization industry over the last decade, and and also with the pandemic? Hmm. Do you know it's a it's a really important question because if we're not making an impact then why bother, right, <laughs> to, to put it simply. So I'm glad you asked about that. I think Gala makes an impact um, with our programs and services in, in a few ways. So one of the things we do is we create communities. We create learning communities or peer-to-peer -peer, um, networking and learning communities. And what impact does that have? Well, that enables knowledge sharing and it helps everyone solve practical problems when we can get them together in communities. It also serves to inspire one another. Um, producing expert content is something that we work on. And I would say, the impact there is that having access to expert content means that you're going to stay competitive mm -hmm. in an evolving industry and, and you're not going to be left behind. Mm -hmm. um, people say that they turn to Gala for, you know, outlooks and trends and kind of watching what's happening in technology, for example. Yeah. No. Um, you know, the other thing that we do for our members is we provide opportunities for visibility and for prom self-promotion. And that has an impact because it helps companies meet their, their business and sales goals. So all of our programs and, and services that we offer, they're meant to align with, you know, our mission and our vision, and they're meant to actually have an impact on mm -hmm. our members. And I would say with the, with the pandemic, communities have become even more important. And I think, you know, everybody's hungry for connection uh, that they're missing in all aspects of their life. And so their, their global professional communities have become a pretty nice substitute, right, for the real thing. Um, and I, I would hope that, that that's a positive impact that we've had in, during the pandemic. Of course, yeah. And and speaking of the pandemic, how um how did Gala adapt, you know, in terms of events and content and everything? Mm. Tell us how was the year going to be? Well, we're still adapting, truthfully. Um, you know, it was important to us to figure out how to keep providing member value, mm -hmm. even though we weren't going to be able to do it in some of our traditional ways, namely yeah. namely in, in events and not just our own, but other events that we attend or mm -hmm. that we 
you know, cooperate with others on. So right away, um, we put together a few online sessions. We called them the special sessions. There were four or five of them right in a row at the beginning of the pandemic. And they addressed pretty critical topics like the work from home transition and the biz ops, you know, how do your business operations have to change right now to, yeah. to adapt? So we, we tried to deliver some content that was addressing challenge, like immediate challenges. Mm -hmm. um, that was a temporary thing. And some of the, you know, other changes that we had to make obviously were to pivot from having a, a live in-person conference to a virtual conference. Everybody loves the gala conference, including us. And it was a bit of an identity crisis is a pretty yeah. strong word, but to, to have to pivot. Um, and there's also some fatigue around mm -hmm. virtual events. And so trying to keep it fresh and interesting and keep the gala spirit, because there's a real spirit to in-person gala events. Um, so we had to adapt that. I think the other thing that we did that was important was we launched some new special interest groups, which you know can, you can think of as professional communities on a topic of interest. And so special interest groups, um, some new ones launched in January and they're meant to uh, provide a, like a forum for our members to connect on topics that matter to them. Sometimes working in working groups on deliverables, sometimes mm -hmm. just chatting and discussing problems. Yeah. Um, and like I said, we're still, we're still adapting, right? You know, you're based in Dublin, you know what the situation is in, in mm -hmm. Ireland and we're supposed to be holding our conference there in September. Mm -hmm. And nobody has a crystal ball, so we can make plans and then, right, cross our fingers and make some scenario plans. And Absolutely. we shall see. We shall see. Yes. And we really, yeah, we, we cross our fingers. We, we hope so. And, uh, and so how do you see um, the future then uh, of conferences and uh, in the next five years? What, 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 what do you see? Well, there's more or less consensus among event professionals that we're not going to go back to the way it was. Um, there's going to be a, a change that's permanent. And most people are believing that it's going to move to a hybrid model where well, imagine, you yeah. will have people that want to meet on site mm -hmm. and get together and yeah. have the in-person experience. And yeah. then you're also going to have people that either can't or don't want to do mm -hmm. that. And so there will be an increase, I think, in hybrid events where mm -hmm. there are two parallel events going on. Frankly, there's the live one. And then, yes, you can live stream that content, but it's not simply a matter of, you know, showing people what's happening on location. It's also giving the people online their own unique experience and making sure that it's valuable for them, not some kind of second class citizen participation. Yeah. And that's what we're expecting is, is going to be the, the model. And we're working toward, um, you know, that it could be that that's what Dublin turns out to be in the fall. We like, like I said, we don't know what the regulations will be, but very likely it could be a hybrid event. Um, I don't think in-person events are going away because people love them. They love connecting. Salespeople and executives especially use mm. those events for their yeah. goals and objectives, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think people no. will, they're going to have to think harder, you know, about the spending and the participation. Cause I've had a lot of people say, wow, my, my event budget, that just all turned to profit. That was pretty nice. So they're going to have to think hard about the ROI. 
And those of us that deliver those events are going to have to think hard about how to deliver it. Yeah, no, it's absolutely right. I uh, I hear you uh, from an events perspective. It is true. I think hybrid will definitely become a, 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 a new model. And uh, and uh, so we're talking about the pandemic and uh, and Gala obviously being um, you know known for its independent nonprofit status and global reach, um, making it a trustworthy source for you know anyone in the industry. Um, so in this globally connected work, constantly, especially for the past year, you know. Um, and with the pandemic not being over, it seems more important now than never to, to have trustworthy source. What, what, what are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, consider, consider my background. I'm an American and have just gone through a really interesting four years where, you know, facts and news and trustworthy sources were mm -hmm. redefined. So it's a, it's a hot topic for me personally, um, also with my, you know, my librarian background, mm -hmm. um, it's also important, you know, information literacy is, is really important. And I think it's something that's gone out the window. You know, people are so busy, they're yeah. inundated with, with so much information. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that don't stop to take the time to vet their resources. So I think it becomes even more important to have resources that are, sort of pre-approved and pre-vetted that you can trust. And that's what Gala wants to be. We, you know, we want people to know that if they come and consume our content, that it's going to be unbiased, that it's not going to be promotional, that it's going to be, you know, egalitarian and inclusive and mm -hmm. fact-based, you know, we're not doing reporting, so it's a little bit different, but um, I think that I'd love to see a return to people applying more critical thinking um, when they're consuming their content. And mm -hmm. I hope, you know, Gala has al always applied that critical eye to our own content. Um, I, I think that it's, it's just going to become more important because I don't think the glut of information is slowing down anytime soon. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, agreed. And and uh, and and so you mentioned the website. Um, I understand that you've recently launched um, so the new website, new Gala website, and also new user management system. I'd like to, to know a little bit more about this. I'm curious. Uh, so how did this compare to uh, the previous ones uh, uh, up until so end of 2020 or to early 2021? Correct me if I'm wrong. And how beneficial it is for the users, the organization, the localization organizations using it? Yeah, well, we're still, we, we've got some information gathering to do and looking at analytics to see, to see the impact, which hopefully will be positive, but just purely, you know, anecdotally, I would say that the impact is, you know, the information architecture is a lot better. I think people will be able to navigate the website more easily, find the things that they're looking for. We simplified it quite a bit. We worked with a, a consultant, a UX consultant to help us um, create an information architecture that would be friendly to both industry insiders and those that are outside seeking information about the industry. Mm -hmm. So, you know, basic information. Um, and then, you know, the engine that's underneath it. So for, for the nerds who care, you know, it's, we have a Drupal website and then behind it, we have an association management system, which is new before it was hundred percent custom developed on Drupal, which is okay. Same parallels in, in any software development. 
it's great when you do custom development because it's tailor-made for you and it's flexible and adaptable and you have say, but usually you, in terms of functionality or robustness. And so we, we really had to, you know, analyze what trade-offs we were willing to make. And what's great about this is that there's so much more self-service that's available to our users. They can go in and find their invoices, request an invoice. They can sign up for events and submit content far more easily than they could before. Um, for organizations, it means that they can manage their profile more easily. They can register multiple people for events if they want to at the same time, which is a big improvement over the last one. And then for our staff, oh, it's a huge bonus because it's reduced a lot of our manual repetitive tasks and streamlined so many of our, our workflows. So like I said, it's early days. We just launched in November of last year, but and so the data has to bear out what we think, but we think that it's been a positive change so far. That's fantastic. And um, I want to touch on one last point before um, we end this interview. So uh, Gala won a nonprofit award at the Think Global Awards 2020. Uh, fantastic. And we feel uh, obviously that these awards are really important for the wider industry. So you kindly sent us a video message uh, that was in our awards video with all the other winners. And, um, and then I remember you saying that it's lovely to have Gala's mission and efforts to be validated in this way. So can you tell us uh, how you felt when you learned that you the gala was winning the nonprofit award? Yeah, awards are funny things, you know. I think public validation that you're doing a good job is it's really nice and it's not something that happens all that often. And in in my case, I have an amazing staff, like really truly amazing team. I'm so lucky and everybody should be so lucky. I know that they do fantastic work and the board is, oh, they're so committed and they have a great deal of expertise and, and real passion for the industry. Mm -hmm. So I know all of these things, right? I can see it, but then to have a trusted and respected organization or a, a panel of people really of experts agree that, that we're doing the right thing and we're doing it well, that takes that validation to another level. And it's, it's just so appreciated. That's great. Uh, well, thank you so much, Alison. Um, we're delighted to have you on the show today. And uh, just before um, we, we, we end this interview, one last question. What's on the horizon for you for Gala in 2021? And is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience today? Maybe, you know, a secret project that you'd like to share today? Just, <laughs> just, just because of this interview. Okay. So on the horizon for 2021, let's see. Um, well, it's still, in my mind, a year of change and a year where we're adapting. And um, we're still going to, we're going to do another virtual conference in March. So we're quite focused on that right now and on the preparations. We're announcing the program this week. Uh, registration's open. Um, obviously, I mentioned Dublin. That's a challenge. And none of us, like I said, has a crystal ball. So that, that's going to be a big one. Mm -hmm. um, the special interest groups, we want to grow those and see those turn into successful programs. They're off to a great start. We need to, we need to reinvigorate our work in the standards arena. TAPIC was one of our big uh, initiatives and it was quite quiet in, mm -hmm. um, in 2020 for obvious reasons. And so we're looking to kind of reinvigorate uh, standards work and in, in particular technical interoperability standards. 
Um, you know, the other thing that we're constantly working toward is just growing our reach and evangelizing the work that our members do mm -hmm. to the greater business community. So reaching some of the allied professionals, let's call them, um, which isn't as easy as, well, you probably know that better than anybody. It's not as easy as, as you would like it to be. So um, yeah, 2021, it's already February. Good grief. But here we are. Here we go. <laughs> We're excited for it. it it's, um, it's an important year. We need to do well. And we love to have the continuing support of, of Vista Tech. So thank you for for everything that you guys do and, and also just the general support from our members and um, engaged volunteers. Thank of you. Course. Well, thank you so much, Alison. It was a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, I'm sure uh, you know, our audience is really excited to, uh, to see the interview published. So, um, so yeah, that'll be in a few days time. And uh, it's already the end of today's show uh, with Alison Perch, Executive Director at Gala. So please make sure to tune in again soon uh, to see or listen to our next Vista Talk Show, where we'll be discussing more interesting topics with interesting people from all around the world. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you. Bye.